Good afternoon. So glad today, the loud gen, you can join us. Most of them are there. Uh, uh, yesterday, they have a good event. Uh, yesterday, those of you who do not know, we have uh, a combined uh, outdoor event between the loud gen as well as the BB boys. Okay? And glad that they can play. I see them enjoying themselves, playing good time, uh, building the bridge uh, between our church as well as with the BB boys. Please pray. Pray for them that uh, they go around with all the play card publicizing about the camp. Pray that some of the BB boys will join our youth camp. Okay, our loud gen camp, and then from there we can uh, share the gospel in our lives with them, and just uh, pray for that. Okay, so I'm so glad that you can join us. Well, um, if you are new today, I just have to recap here about the the series that we are doing. It's quite a a, a heavy uh, series here, and the t- title is a bit uh, scary: the bait of Satan. Okay, a bait of Satan. So those of you who are new. Uh, just a recap, we talk about the bait of Satan, how Satan can bait us through offense. We have been offended by the hurt of particularly people close to us, particularly the church members. And then, how we bear that hatred, and then we got trapped, and it, we, we have just become uh, not so uh, vibrant for the Lord and in serving the Lord. And two weeks ago, Pastor Kofi talked about the bait of the offense, and then last week, he talked about the uh, the spiritual vagabond. Vagabonds are people who move around. Why is it called spiritual vagabond? People who are hurt at the church and then they cannot tahan anymore, they cannot take it anymore and they, they move on to a different church. They move on and then they move on and they move on and sadly, they are not able to deal with those hurt here. And today, uh, if you are following the book, the series, you are enjoy, uh, reading the book, today I'm going to deviate a bit from the book. Uh, the original title was Hiding from Reality. Basically, it's, it picked up on what we talked about last week. But as I was preparing, 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 I have a conversation with my uh, wife. Uh, it's always good to, 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 to spar ideas with your, your spouse. I'm so glad to have Karen as my wife, lovely wife, godly and gentle. So I was talking with her. Usually, I will share with her what I'm going to talk about. And I always, she don't like my questions. One of my questions is, any illustrations that you can give me? Any illustrations? You see, you always ask me for this. Uh, but this time I was sharing with her about what we're going to talk about. And I was talking about, why can't just people get over it? It's an offense, what? Well, you just get over the offense, forgive, and you let go and you move on. Why does it take so long? And then she reminded me, Jiming, it is not easy. And those of you who have been offended before, particularly with people close to you, people that you trusted. It's not easy. The hurt can go very, very deep. And it's not so easy as to just let go and then uh, forgive and move on. It's not so easy. And that caused me to think, to think deeper. And as I think deeper, I, I, I realized that maybe today I shouldn't be speaking about this hiding from reality. I decided to switch to the theme called healing from the hurt. Healing from the hurt. Uh, those of you uh, today is going to be a bit heavy. You have not been dealing with hurt before. Uh, I hope that you can, this will be a lesson for you to understand and empathize with people who have been hurt. But those of you who have been hurt, uh, this will be a story, uh, a journey that we can take together that I hope that it can help you. It can help you. Okay. As I start, I want to uh, 
uh, mention a particular character in the Bible. Those of you who read the Bible, how many of you have heard about this character in the Bible called Malchus? Malchus, yes, Janet, I heard before. Malchus, Malchus. Interesting name, right? Malchus. Okay, who is this guy called Malchus? It happened in the New Testament. In the New Testament. The night uh, before Jesus Christ was crucified, there was a group of guards who came to arrest Jesus Christ. You remember the group of people? Group of guards who came to arrest Jesus Christ. And then Peter cannot take it. Peter said, no, you shall not arrest my Lord. He took out a knife, and then to protect the Lord, he slashed a ear of a particular guard. What's the name of the guard? Malchus. He slashed his ear, and then Jesus Christ went, and then he healed Malchus' ear. The question is this, why? Uh, why did the author of the, I don't know whether it's Luke or John, mention Malchus' name? Why, just, why not just mention a God? Why mention his name? Perhaps, okay, I can only guess, perhaps Jesus' healing touch of Malchus goes beyond just the physical year. It went into his heart. We do not know. But we do know from this story is that Jesus is in the business of healing those who have been hurt by his followers. Jesus is in the business of healing those who have been hurt by his followers. Today, as you sit down here, and today you will know of people, there are many Malchuses around. Why? Because if you look around, the church is clumsy. The church are filled with sinners, including myself. People with fleshly motives. And then, easily, there will be people who have been hurt by the follower of Jesus Christ. The temptation is to live your life dwelling in those hurt. But that doesn't have to be the end of your story. If you focus your gaze away from the offender unto Christ, you can find healing and you can find hope. It is common to be hurt by the sort of offense within the church. Lives can be devastated, lives can be damaged. Not just church, even your own family, even your own school, your own circle of friends. The good news is this. The gospel, the good news of the gospel is Jesus is bigger than any Christian's or non-Christian's ability to offend. Jesus is bigger than that. God is greater than the hurt. Those who, who feel the pain can find healing offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How to receive that healing. It is a journey and it takes time. It takes time. There are several stages that generally people will go through when they are hurt, either by their friends, not just by strangers. Okay, these are, I'm talking about people that are close to you. The first, you'll feel the hurt, the deep hurt. You're offended. And then there's anger. How can this? How can the person do such a thing? How can the person say such a thing? How can the person did such a thing? And then you'll be defensive. You'll say no. I was right. You were wrong. You shouldn't have said that. I have done this thing. I have done everything right. You shouldn't have done this thing. The fingers are all pointed at the other person. They get defensive. Unfortunately, most people revolve around this tree. 
You get hurt, you get anger, defensive. You get hurt, you get anger, defensive. And then you roll and roll and then you move around this area. You fail to able to move on because of that hurt. And today I want to just share with you, there are other stages that you can go through. But it is difficult, but it is possible. The next step will be acceptance. Acceptance that yes, I have been hurt. Yes, I have been wrong. And then with that acceptance, it comes ability to forgive. And then the healing can take place. And today, I, want, I hope that you can move beyond just the first three stages to the next stages of acceptance, forgiveness, and healing. And today, what I'm going to share with you comes from a book that someone gave me. Interesting title. It's a book written by Jean Edwards. How many of you have heard about Jean Edwards? Uh, okay, The Tale of Three Kings. He talked about the three kings. King, uh, king Saul, King David, and then uh, King Absalom. The Tales of Three Kings. He wrote a book called Exquisite Agony. Okay? And the subtitle is Healing for Christians Who Have Been Hurt by Other Christians. I read the book, and today I'll be, I'll be uh, picking up some of the pointers from the book here. It's interesting because the book talks about, it parallels the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ who had been hurt by His own people, His own follower, with our hurt by people close to us, particularly Christians. And I want to take to you, uh, I want to just share with you, we can go through this particular journey, journey towards healing from the hurt. First of all, we need to acknowledge the feelings of pain, anguish, and anger. We have to be real, real with ourselves. Instead of uh, ignoring it or denying it or minimizing it or running away from it or hiding away from it or just get so angry and then just revolve around it, we need to acknowledge that there's, I have been hurt and, and these feelings are real. And this is what the psalmist did. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalms 102. If not, you can just uh, read here. This is a psalm written by a uh, uh, psalmist who have been deeply hurt by people. And instead of ignoring, he brings his hurt before the Lord. And he was very real with the hurt. I'm going I'm to read to you. Just listen to that particular hurt here. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down your ear and answer me quickly when I call to you. For my days disappear like smoke. My bones and my bones burn like red hot coals. My heart is sick, wither like grass, and I've lost my appetite. Because of my groaning, I'm reduced to skin and bones. I'm like an owl in the desert, like a lonely owl, in far away wilderness, I lie awake, lonely, as a solitary bird on the roof. If you look at this particular psalm, you see how uh, the psalmist was very authentic, authentic to the Lord about the kind of hurt that he faced. First of all, he, he hoped that God would answer his prayer quickly. Verse 1 and 2, answer me quickly. And then verse 3 to 7, he lamented before the Lord because of the pain, the agony that, that resulted from that particular hurt. Verse 3, he said his days are consumed like smoke. 
His burns are burning deep inside. In other words, he's feeling inwardly exhausted. His heart was withering like grass. Verse 4, he had no appetite. He was groaning in physical agony. Verse 5 and 6, undernourished, he felt desolated, mournful-looking owl, like a bird sitting alone. And then verse 7, he felt that his strength is all gone. He had so-called lost his will to live. And that's the kind of pain uh, he went through. A person that had been deeply hurt, perhaps, will feel the same kind of agony. And he was able to pour before the Lord. And so the first step of that healing that we need to take is that come before the Lord, be authentic with our feelings, not just with the Lord, but with a close friend who can empathize with you. Not the close friend who will tell you, yeah, I don't need to feel this way. Like. Get, get, get over it, yeah. Or friends that will pour more fuel. Yes, yes, yes. The guy deserves to die. The, the lady deserves a guy die. And then pour more fuel. And then, yeah, this is the knife. Do it. <laughs> but rather, a confidant, a friend that can empathize with you about the pain, about the hurt, and will understand, will stand alongside with you. And our Lord, our God, the Father, is one person who will want us to pour our feelings. So that's the first step here. Okay, this step is not that difficult. It's difficult, but not that difficult, not as difficult as the next step. The next step, it is very, very difficult. But if you can come to this step, I believe God can start the process of healing. What is the next step? Is to accept this hurt is part of God's will for your life. Accept this hurt as part of God's will for your life. It is difficult. This is when uh, I was mentioning the book. It parallels our hurt with Christ's hurt and crucifixions. If you look at the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, let me ask you a few questions. Who caused the crucifixion? Who was behind Golgotha or the place where Jesus Christ was crucified? Who placed Jesus on trial? Who selected the man to scourge him? Who selected the people to drive the nails into his hands? If you were to ask Jesus, what do you think his answer will be? My father. It was my father who did that. The same heavenly father who willed his son to be crucified is the same heavenly father that placed you to be hurt in part of his will. The same person who crucified the Lord Jesus Christ is the same person behind your hurt. And worse still, the wounding is by close one, fellow believers. That makes it a double pain. Accepting this terrible but immovable fact is a first step towards healing. You take this step, then the recovery can begin. Healing is embedded in this act of turning to our Lord and accepting this terrible tragedy as coming from His hand. Bitter, yes. Incomprehensible, yes. But embrace, you must, for it is essential. If you look at the characteristic of the Lord Jesus Christ's crucifixions, there were rejections, there were pain, there were unfairness, there were rumours, there were misunderstanding, there were demeaning, there were belittling, loss of reputation, loss of friends. Correct? These are the characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ's crucifixions. 
you look at your own hurt, if you have been hurt, you will see a lot of similarity. But the difficult comes is when knowing and accepting that these, all these are part of our Father's will. For us to taste them, it is the sovereign act of God who loves us. The question is, why such an extreme? What good can there be that come out of it? Why me of all people? Why at the hand of my close family member or hands of my close Christian friends? I'm going to bring you to the, another scene. That's a scene of the Garden of Gethsemane. Garden of Gethsemane was a time where Jesus Christ struggled in prayer before he was arrested. If you look at this passage here, let me read to you. They went to a place called Gethsemane. Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. He began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. At the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had a big struggle. The struggle that caused him to be so deeply distressed and troubled that he even, in the book of Luke, mentioned he dropped sweats like blood. Physically, it speaks about a person that is deep, deep pain and agony. Why? What is this agony? The issue is between the father and the son concerning this unjust crucifixion, concerning being separated from the father. Jesus had a very difficult time facing his crucifixion. The conflict of wills did not cause Jesus to take matter into his own hands. But there is a key issue. Jesus did not want to be crucified. Right? Jesus did not want to be crucified. But after much struggle, he yielded to the Father. A possible conversations that could happen during that time is that Jesus could be saying to the Father, I have a will that is opposed to your will, Father. Tonight, our wills move in opposite directions. It, but it is I who yield. I place my opinion concerning this matter at the altar of sacrifice. Let the events continue. Let men do the will of God. Let me be crucified. You have the permissions to feel the pain and the fear and the agony. But you also have the example of our Lord Jesus Christ to yield to yield to all that is contrary to you. Humanly, it is impossible. How? Such a tragedy. God's will, impossible. But Jesus, who yielded to the Father's will, He dwells within you. You yield in His yieldedness. Allow His divine life, of which you are now partaker, to swallow up your human life. He can do a Gethsemane again in you. He can do the Gethsemane again in you. And throughout church history, 
if you look at the key men of God, they accept the suffering of fellow believers, of friends, or loved ones as part of God's will for their life. And they yielded. And then you see the breakthrough. You look at uh, Stephen, the first Christian Martha, the first person to die for his faith. He was preaching to his fellow Jews, sharing with them the good news. These are the people that he grew up with. These are the people that he went to the temple with. These are the people he went to the synagogue together. These are people he grew up with. And he shared the good news to them. What did they do? They took up the stone. One by one, they stoned him to death. But he yielded to the Father and he even said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And throughout church history, if you know, there are many people who die in the hands of fellow believers. People like John Huss, William Tyndale, John Wycliffe, and many others. This is the difficult part. Accept. Accept that this is part of God's will for our life. Once you're able to make the acceptance, then you can come to the next sections. Our next part of the journey. You begin to apprehend or understand what's the purpose of that wounding. Then you begin to see that there is a purpose in that wounding. God wants to do a greater work. What could be the possible purpose of the wounding? The purpose of the wounding is, is to reveal and to destroy. Apprehend the purpose of the wounding. It is to reveal and destroy. It is to expose what is not right in our lives. We pray to God, God, let your will be done, Right? And God said, I want to deal with certain areas in your life. How to bring it up? And one possible way is to let you to be wounded in such a way that you begin to see who you are. Deep, really, expose whether, how much do you fully understand the depth of God's forgiveness for our sins? God wants to reveal. The wounding can reveal one's reactions of being hurt whether you fight back. And then once you're able to accept it, then you begin to see this as a sovereign work of God. If you yield to His will, then God can begin His will in your life. Suddenly, it's not just a deep cut. It is a holy work of God for sanctification for you, for your help. The destructions of the things unclean can be destroyed. Crucifixion, when properly embraced, will ultimately make you more than what you were. And you can grow. And then you realize that God wants to deal with areas in our lives that sometimes we do not see, but it will, rest, it will, it will, it will be surfaced through the wounds of people close to you. But it's very hard to come to this part unless you have done the second part, the acceptance. And it takes time. And with that, you can move on to the final uh, part here of this journey. Then you can anticipate, you can hope, look forward to the new life resulted. The new life resulted. Why? After crucifixion came resurrections. After crucifixion came resurrection. The cross must precede resurrections. The second is impossible without the first. The goal that God allowed us to go through this wounding so that He can 
destroy what is past, what is the old self, so that the new creations can be made new again. There's a character in the Bible, Pastor Kokfai mentioned about this character called Joseph in his first message. Joseph here, uh, when he was young, let me just recap some of his story. When he was young, he was a young lad filled with maybe with pride. Uh, he was 16 years old. He shared his dream that his brother will one day bow before him. And then another dream, not just his brothers, but his parents will bow before him. His brother cannot take it anymore. Decided to betray, uh, decided to sell him as a slave. So I was thinking, how to, what kind of parallel can I give? Uh, who are the siblings in our midst here? I could think of uh, Jonathan and Jessica. Imagine two of them, one day they have a, such a big quarrel that Jessica, look at Jonathan, let me see who is the one who will sell who. <laughs> Jessica will stick at Jonathan and say, that, okay, let's go for a hiking trip to Cambodia. And then he sold Jonathan away. <laughs> Okay, uh, to some tribal tribe, some, some, some. And then it, she took the money, she came back, she set up a, new, a cafe for herself. No. <laughs> Imagine such thing would happen. What, will, what do you think will go to Jonathan's mind? That kind of betrayal from the loved ones. And this is just a glimpse of how Joseph felt when his brother sold him away. Not only that, he went there, he worked as a slave, worked himself his way up. And then, again, he was betrayed, wrongly accused. He landed up in prison. And then later on in prison, after some time, he was out of prison, interpreted the king, Pharaoh's uh, dream. He was placed as the second most powerful person. If you talk about a person that is deeply wounded, here is one character, Joseph. If you look at Joseph, this is what he said. After uh, his brothers came back, he met with his brother again. After many, many, many years, this is what he said to his brother. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. You notice this? He was able to accept, this is God's will for my life. It is not you who hurt me, but God. God sent me here. And then his brother couldn't just take this because his son, uh, his their father, Jacob, passed away. They're afraid that Joseph will take revenge. So they came back to Joseph again and said, Hey, Joseph, remember that our father is still alive? Say, you take care of us, huh? Uh, don't take revenge, huh? So Joseph said this. The next part. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what has been done to the saving of many lives. You see here, Joseph had that healing from the hurt when he accepted that it is part of God's will. And then he was able to accept that, yes, understand the purpose. The purpose of God causes the wounding in his life. God intended it for good. And then came the new life. The new life resulted. How do I know the new life resulted there? 
uh, it's from the way he named his two sons. Who are the two names of his sons? Can you remember? Joseph's sons, the first one named Manasseh. Okay, if you're Hokkien, if you're easy to remember, Manasseh. <laughs> Manasseh. The second one, Ephraim. Okay, you know what Manasseh means? Forget. Ephraim, fruitful. The first one, he was able uh, to acknowledge his hurt. Forget about what? Forget about all the bitterness, all the pain. He was able to accept it, all the bitterness, all the pain, that God had done the healing. Second one, Ephraim, fruitful. He recognized the new life that resulted. The new life resulted. And there's healing is possible. So healing is possible. So today, if you are holding on uh, to a wound that is very deep, I'm just telling you, it is possible for God to heal you. I want to share with you, end with two stories. First is a, 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 a friend of mine. This friend of mine, he was deeply hurt by another Christians. Together with our, my friend and his brother, uh, another Christian brother, they were serving in a particular ministry. They were close, uh, active together, enjoying uh, serving together. But this brother here decided to move on because of his life stage from the ministry. So my friend, uh, because there's a gap of ministry, bring in new people. So there were new people who came to this, into the ministry. System will change. And after a few years, this brother came back served together with my friend. But he noticed that things are different. He's no longer restored to the leadership positions that he desired. So he get, he's upset. And in his upset, he began to badmouth about the new people, about the new structure. Badmouth, then the ministry, find it the ministry hard to function because somebody is badmouthing somebody. Need to be confronted. But my friend was very gentle, don't want to avoid the confrontation, was gently reminded him, but things would get out of hand, still were not resolved. Finally, my friend, together with a few leaders, discussed how to confront this brother. Unfortunately, the content of the discussion was leaked out to this brother who is causing the trouble. And he got so upset, he began to spread a lot of rumours, a lot of lies about my friend. The rumours that in the end, my friend became the bad guy. And he cannot continue the ministry. So he left the ministry bitter and hurt. He began to distance himself from the ministry. He f- back of his mind, what is playing out from his mind? I should have said this. I should have said this. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have countered this. I should have countered that. Bitterness dwelt within for three years. Though he's walking, sitting, worshipping with the Lord, but he finds he cannot connect with the Lord. Something is not right. Until his wife said that it is time for you to confront this issue. Why don't you confess it to the group of people that you are close with? And as he confessed, since somehow God bring about that healing, that realization that, hey, actually, God allowed me to go through to expose what is inside my heart. To expose all the negative things I'm also in the wrong in certain aspect. And he able to accept the Lord's forgiveness as mirrored by 
the people close to him. And then later on, he was able to move on and he was able to continue to ministry, come back to serve again after that. But there's one step that he thinks that he needs to close that loop. The step is that he needs to go to this brother that have offended him and apologize the part that he have done wrong. Because usually, offense generally, sometimes it's not just one side. It could be two sides. He began to ask for forgiveness on his part that have done wrong. This part he have not done yet. But he said he need to be done one day to close the gap. Because it is a difficult journey. But we need to close this gap. Some of us today, you might be hurt by people close to you, a friend, classmates, or even your family members, someone very close to you, or even by the church, or church leaders, or even by me, you've been hurt. It is time that you need to move on. And instead of dwelling the first three parts, that you can come to the second part, asking the Lord. The Lord is in the process, is in the business of healing those who have been hurt by his followers. He wants to do that healing. And I want to end with this story. There was once two priests. They were walking along the countryside. As they were walking, they, they saw an old lady standing by the river. The old lady was very upset because there was no bridge to cross the river. She couldn't get across on her own. So the first priest kindly offered, we will carry you across if you like. She said, thank you. That would be nice. So two of them joined hands and then they lifted this old lady across the, the river. They put the old lady down and then they get on to their journey. After they walked for about one kilometer, the second priest began to complain. Look at my clothes. It's now dirty, filthy because of carrying that lady across the river. And now my back, it still hurts. I can feel it. It's getting stiff. The first priest merely just smiled and nodded his head. Then they continued the journey a few more kilometers. The second priest griped again. My back is hurting so badly. It is all because we have to carry that silly lady across the river. River. I cannot go any further because of this pain. The first priest looked down on his partner, lying on the ground now, moaning. Have you wondered why I am not complaining? He asked. He said this, the first priest, your back hurts because you are still carrying the woman. I have set her down five kilometers ago. Your back still hurt because you are still carrying her. I have set her down. This is what can happen to us, men, many of us, dealing with people who hurt us. We can be like the second priest who cannot let go. We hold the pain of the past, carry the burden because of something they did months ago, years ago. It is time to let go. And it's possible not because of our own strength. It's possible because Jesus did it and He wants to do it alongside with you. He wants to come in to heal your hurt so that you can move on. You can move on. Now I invite the musicians to come forward. Uh, as they prepare, I'd like us to come before the Lord in prayer. Say, Lord, 
is there wound or hurts in my life that I've been carrying for a long, long time? Am I still carrying the, the lady? Am I still carrying the hurt? It is time to let it go. It's time to let it go and let Christ to come. The way to let it go is to first accept that this is part of God's will for our life. Come before the Lord, acknowledge your grief, your feeling of pain, and then accept. And then understand, this is God's uh, purpose of that wounding. To reveal and to destroy and finally to anticipate with hope of the new life that can take place. It takes time, but it is possible. Jesus is here today, He wants. And if today there is some hurt that you want to let go, I invite you to come to the altar. Let us pray with you. Let us pray with you. Today, again, I'll repeat, if there's some hurt that in your life that you want to let go, to receive God's healing, I invite you to come to the altar. Let us pray alongside with you. I'm going to give us some time where you are to pray. At the same time, if you do not have any hurt, but you know of friends or relatives or close ones who have been deeply hurt, let's come. Intercede for them. the Lord who walked through the garden of Gethsemane the Lord who was crucified at the cross is here is here he understands your pain he understands your wound he wants to heal you let's come before him Shall we rise as we sing a closing song? This is my desire to honor you. To honor you. Lord, is Lord, your pain. Give you my soul. Let him come and soothe it. Live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. 
my heart, give my soul. Live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your Yes, the altar is open if you want to just lay your hurts before the Lord. Someone to pray alongside with you. Please feel free to come forward. Let's continue singing the stanza again. This is my desire to honor you. All I adore is in you.
Lord, I want to pray today, seated among us here, standing here. There are some deep wounds, Father, deep wounds that God, that people have caused in our lives. And Lord, it is painful. It is difficult. But Lord Jesus, I know that you understand. You felt that pain. And today, Lord, I pray that you will come reach deep down into our hearts, Father those hearts, those painful sores, may you do a deep work of healing, Father. Healing there, Father. Though we do not understand, Father, we want to accept that, God, you allow it to happen. It is part of your will. And you want, you want to do that healing, you want to do that cleansing, you want to do that new life in us, and we want to just pray that, God, you come. Come, and bring us to the positions that God we can just yield to you so that you can do that healing and I want to just pray pray that God this journey as we take that we will experience you walking with us we will experience your healing touch we will experience your forgiveness so rich that we can extend that same forgiveness to the people who have hurt us so that God we can be on the path path of recovery and we thank you thank you for being with us thank you for understanding us thank you for walking with us and we give you thanks in Jesus most precious name Amen